Welcome on in to Empower Talks. This is the podcast where we talk about careers with people across the insurance industry. So today I'm really excited to have Helen Gemmel with us and every conversation I have from Helen always leaves me feeling inspired and motivated about careers and ambitions as well as sort of creative outlooks on what you can do with your career. So I'm really excited to have Helen here with us today to talk about her own career story and share some of her wisdom with you. Hello Helen. Hi Sam, thanks for having me join today. Excellent. So um, let's give people a bit of a clue, firstly, as to why I think your career story is so interesting. Um, And I think probably one of the best places to start with that is what you're actually doing right now, because you're working in an area of the market a lot of people are intrigued by um, and interested to hear more about. And that's a role at Key. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what your role is at the moment? Yep, sure. So I am the casualty portfolio underwriter at Key. So I look after um, on the direct side, all the FinPro classes and then also our casualty treaty side too. Um, So Key is the first algorithmically driven syndicate within the Lloyds market. Um, And and it's a very different proposition to um, a traditional Lloyds syndicate. Um, We're looking at more kind of portfolio play rather than looking at each individual risk. Um, We've got very aggressive growth targets um, for, for, well, not just for year one, but through kind of years two, three, four, five. Um, but we've got significant investment from our capital providers, Fairfax and Blackstone. And it's just a really exciting place to be. Let's start right back at the beginning of your career path and sort of hear how you ended up there. So when you first came into the insurance market, you came in uh, outside of an underwriting role. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so I actually started within um, a modelling company. So I worked at at RMS, I came there straight out of university, got an internship during the 2008 hurricane season um, and just found it really exciting that, you know, I started to study geography at university um, and just so exciting that I could apply what I had learned and what I'd studied to the real world in a, in a corporate manner. Um, and so I worked at RMS for, for five years before then moving over to um, Liberty where I looked after the exposure management team. Um, and, and again, you know, taking that, all of that modelling experience and then and then bringing it in-house within an insurance company and applying it to all the different classes of business where it was going to fit. Um, and at that point, really, it was it was primarily just the property side that I was focusing on. Um, but, but we were able to then roll it out to, um, to Specie, to Cargo, to Terrorism, and so kind of more and more different classes of business were were being captured for modelling purposes. Um, and I was just able to learn about quite kind of a broad, um, broad section of different classes of business. Um, but really, the one thing that I, that I missed was the, the, the kind of client facing side, um, which is what I was doing at RMS. Um, and so I'd asked whether it might be um, it, it might be a possibility for me to perhaps take on a more client-facing role at Liberty. Um, and so it was agreed that I would move on to the underwriting side um, where I took up a role within the cyber team. Mm-hmm. And I think the way you explain that makes it sound like a really um, almost potentially obvious move. Uh, but the bit you miss, missed out there is how senior you'd actually become within your role within exposure management, how much responsibility you had. And, and you were really on quite a clear, fast career path 
Um, so you potentially there you were looking to move into almost sort of starting again in a different sort of channel so what was the kind of thought process for your mind when you were weighing yeah it was it was really tricky I was very happy within the exposure management team um it was a it was a great team um and as you say you know I, I had a large team working working for me um but the challenge was you know what happens next? Like, what's what's the long term view? Because at that point, I was 20, 28. And, you know, your career is going to run until you're in your 60s. That's a long way to go. And did I just see it being within exposure management or even being within risk? Um, so I just felt like, well, see if I try something different and, and maybe broaden my experiences. And maybe that takes me on a slightly different path. And um, yeah, it was it was really challenging moving over to underwriting I think I actually totally underestimated how difficult it was um and moving moving kind of taking a bit of a certainly a sideways step probably a bit of a downward step um didn't really cross my mind actually I just felt like well this will be an interesting thing to learn and it's going to be you know kind of accelerated learning curve and that was what that's actually I think what I'm always looking for in different opportunities that kind of come my way um and and yeah boy was it to learn cyber in that you know that time of the market such a difficult kind of phase that the market was going through um cyber continues to be a challenging market but I do think you know excellent for for learning just the kind of you know real basics of underwriting you really have to understand the risk that you're willing to take on there what would you say to other people that are making that move because I think it's it's often something that people have a plan to do move across to to underwriting roles from different departments what advice would you share I think just take opportunities that come your way um you know people people feel like you probably can't move that much between classes of business I actually don't think that's the case at all I think if it's there's something you find that you're interested in then then go for it and you know speak to people it's all for me it's always been about you know having those personal connections that have been able for me to um to just explore different opportunities um and 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 explore where your strengths might fit and work for the company and so I I knew that you know I really enjoyed working with people working uh kind of like presenting to people and speaking with clients and and that really that was whilst I could do the analytics side on the exposure management area really what I particularly enjoyed was just working with with people um and if you're able to you know get that piece across that you're willing to really work hard and do well for the company then then quite often these opportunities will often open up for you so you mentioned there about conversations with people and um, I think transparency around career goals is, is really mutually, mutually beneficial for everyone, however um, scary, right? It's sometimes a little bit intimidating to walk into a, a conversation and feel like you're maybe saying, thanks for everything, but I want something else. Yeah. So how do you handle those kind of conversations yourself? Yeah, I've had a few of those um, over my career. I mean, actually, the most recent has been from the move from the cyber team at Brit over to over to Key. Um, the cyber team at Brit are a market leading team and one of the best teams I've ever worked in. My manager is one of the best managers I've ever had. Um, and how do you say, actually, I'm going to go and try this other thing um, and I don't even know if it's even going to work or if it's going to be better or but but I kind of want to take that chance um, I think you just don't want 
anybody to feel like you've just walked away without an explanation like it's it's difficult conversation to have and to say look I'm exploring other things but actually if you can be really clear on why you're doing that then it makes it a lot more straightforward um and actually when I started talking about you know potentially moving to key it was that I was thinking you know what this might look like and and trying to compare it to what my role within the cyber team might look like in the next you know three years five years because it's it's difficult to think really long term but I think it's more achievable thinking what's going to happen in three years for me um and where do I think where do I think it's going to end up and and really you know with key I felt like there was an opportunity for real accelerated growth um and and you know we spoke through what my opportunities might be within within cyber but I think that ultimately um my manager at the time really did understand why I was looking to take you know the next jump and 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 ultimately really supported me on that as well and and one sort of track record you've got in whichever sort of team you've been in um is is promotions right (laughs) and um, I think every time I catch up with you there's there's some kind of progression that's kind of happened happening or happened recently for you so what do you think you can um you can share to people as advice as to what's helped you with that kind of fast progression um I mean the most straightforward answer is work really hard um I do have a really good work ethic um but but find interest in what you're doing. If you're not interested in it, you're never going to be able to work hard. Um, so so it definitely needs to be a kind of combination of two of those. Um, and then also just be really clear on where, where you want your career to go. Like if you're not going to have that conversation about what the next step is, nobody's going to do it for you. Um, so I think you just have to be pretty open on what that looks like. And it doesn't mean that that has to happen immediately. I think people can come in and say, I want this job or I want that job. Like you need to be able to put a time frame around when that's going to actually happen and what you need to achieve to get there. And, and can it even happen within, within that team you're in? Like you have to be realistic. It can't, you can't expect, you know, constant growth because there's not always that room to grow into. Um, and, and that has, you know, ultimately led me to, to, to leave other companies because, because more growth ultimately lies somewhere else. Um, and I think, again, if you're very open about about that opportunity, then people will support you with that as well. Now, something um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of encouraging is people to move outside of their comfort zones. I think if you're outside your comfort zone, you're developing, you're, you're pushing yourself and that's always going to lead to um, to progression, really. And uh, you've certainly done that where you keep switching between uh different roles or learning new lines of business um so how do you approach that so when you're suddenly in a scenario where you've gone from maybe the day before you knew everything about the job and you could almost do it with your eyes closed to suddenly the next day you're, you're in a job where you don't know where to start yeah um I I think I, I mean I have this kind of approach not just within work but I think just within life in general um if something looks you know fun and looks like that's you know quite an appealing position to take um yeah for me sometimes it might be kind of sporting opportunities running marathons or cycling ridiculous distances like sometimes it's just about going through that process and not being so worried about how it happens but but actually so much of that I've learned by 
pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So it might be doing a big presentation and you're sat there before you're about to go on stage and actually all you want to do is run out the door. You can't, you've just got to get on with it and do it. And yes, it might be hard and there might be situations where you, you know, draw a complete blank, like I've had that on stage in front of everybody. But you learn from each each part of that. And so then when something else comes up and you know that it's going to be a really difficult process, you just have to trust in yourself that you're going to be able to do it. And also trust that there are people around you who want to help you and they want to see you succeed. Um, so they will support you as well. Um, and again, you know, that, that's been very evident for me in my work life that I've been given a lot of support. You know, when I moved over to Key, I'm working in quite a lot of different classes that I've not really worked with before at all. Um, but the support from the teams within Brit has been fantastic. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you need to ask for help to get there. Um, but but trust in yourself that you can do it. And when you look back on maybe the, the early years of your career, do you think there's anything that um, you were either taught or that you were told and sort of focused on that, that really made a difference in you kind of making that mindset more of a habit? I think one of the main things is about like really keeping your own character and your own style um, because people like people buy into people. Right. So, you know, if you've got if you've got other people that you are looking to support, well, actually, they'll probably help you along the way as well. Um, and that isn't help you in terms of give you a step up on the career ladder. It's that if there's something that you don't know, you can go and ask them and, and they'll fill you in on on that on that detail um and help piece everything together so I think it's a kind of combination of yeah having a bit of character and being a bit you know sometimes being a bit ballsy I guess it depends on different situations doesn't it but um being prepared to put your hand up and ask for things and 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 put yourself forward for things and and help out when when other people aren't willing to do it um you know that that always goes a long way I found yeah, and then so just on that last example there, I think that that probably um, is evidence of your your attitude and your mindset towards stuff. So, you know, what would you say to people when they're in a time where maybe they're not enjoying the job so much, or that it is busy and they don't feel like it's necessarily an even workload, or all the types of common complaints people would get that sometimes get them down in their role? How do you overcome that? I think it's, I mean, it's inevitable that that happens, even if you're in a role that you really enjoy, there's going to be parts of it that you don't like, or parts of it where the workload is horrendous. So I guess part of it is that it's always just a phase in time. Um, So you just have to keep yourself focused and try and stay positive. Um, You know, get that support from, from other people, be in a team that you enjoy spending time with. You know, if you're going to work and you're really not happy every day, that's that's not conducive to being you know to being successful yourself so you know really think um a lot about the the team that, that you're in and is it something that you you know are they people that you want to be working with um but but that you know it's not always it's not always glamorous is it it's not always that you're going out for lunches it's you know that you there's a lot of hard work that goes behind that um to allow you to then you know be able to go and take your brokers for lunch or you know take your team out for team building like um that's the kind of you know the icing on the cake really it's probably fair to say at the beginning of your career you probably wouldn't have seen it mapped out the way it is now so if you're looking ahead at your career in the future how much kind of 
focus do you give having a plan and and how do you balance that with flexibility for opportunity yeah when definitely when I when I first started I remember being at RMS and having like my five-year plan very clearly mapped out for me um not just you know within my professional um career but but just in life in general and it's safe to say that none of that happened um and and it's something that over time I've just become a little bit more relaxed about and and just more open that um you know even if you might have a plan just um, you know consider that there might be other things that are better than your plan or just different to your plan and offer you offer you different opportunities so you know did I ever think that I'd ever become a cyber underwriter absolutely not like I you know was very much trained in natural perils that was what I was interested in then became a cyber underwriter and actually loved it like such an interesting area to work in um, and, and now you know I'm still working in cyber but also across you know, DNO and FI and general liability and healthcare, and it's it's all just interesting for me to kind of learn about. Um, and so, what my plan is now, I don't know, and it's the first time that I've not had that plan of where my progression is going next. Um, and I feel quite relaxed about it because um, maybe it's because I'm you know happy in the role that I'm in, but I also know that I won't let myself get comfortable. Because at that point, I just start getting a bit bored. And then I'll be asking for more, whether it's at key or whether it's outside of key, you know, whether it's a, who knows where it might be. Um, but that, yeah, just kind of, you know, keep open to different ideas and different opportunities and, and where that might take, might take you. Because like I said earlier, it's a it's a long run. You know, you've got years of your career to do this. Um, just want to keep learning with it. Now, you've already shared loads of, wisdom and advice so thank you for that um, but I do like to end every podcast with uh, a piece of advice that either you've been given or that you give to everybody um, you know, that, that asks you this question so what's your sort of top advice for people who are looking at their career it's really simple actually um, just, just be a nice person like that's so straightforward but there are so many situations where I've seen kind of behaviour happen that it's not nice um and either it's because you know to get one up on somebody or maybe to grow your career and and I just I just don't think it's necessary um you don't have to be cutthroat you can just be authentic and just you know be nice to the people that you're working with and also just be nice to, to yourself as well that sounds really cliche doesn't it like be nice to yourself but um you know be realistic on where you're going to like how long it's going to take you to get to places and enjoy the process and enjoy learning with them I love that that's great most people often focus on them sort of the skills and so on but um but that's that's so important and that's one of the reasons I love this industry because uh, my background's always been HR or I'm not really an insurance technical person I've just sort of developed some knowledge along the way but but the reason I love the industry is just the people in it and I think where we work in an environment where you are dealing with people on a daily basis generally speaking people are nice um, yeah and I think that I makes a better place to work people will say that you know nice is quite boring but actually what you find is that people want to work with nice people you know they they will come and bring you business they will come and support you within the team um they'll want you in their team um so yeah you're you're only doing yourself favors by you know treating everybody fairly as well 
All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Helen. Um, and we will direct people to your LinkedIn page if anyone wants to get in touch with you as well after here. Um, and best of luck with your uh, newish role at Key. And we we'll look forward to watching that one develop as well. Thanks so much, Sam. Really appreciate it.